Hi, today we're going to talk about what really is the concept of synergy as it relates to real estate investing. First of all, let's start out with I'm with you. Synergy is a marketing term that has come to mean almost nothing and have no value whatsoever. It's the most overused and abused concept there is in marketing today. I'm with you on that. We're on the same page. However, my test is pretty down and dirty. It must do one of two things, if not both, or it's not synergy. It either gets you to retirement more quickly, or it gets you re to retirement with more retirement income. Hopefully it does both. But if one of those two rules aren't met, you did not use synergy. You used a marketing term. So let's use an example. All synergy is in my world is to be able to use one more than one strategy at a time. Sometimes we use three or four at a time. So you have, first of all, the buy and hold real estate strategy, investment strategy. Doesn't mean you buy and hold forever. It means you're not buying low to sell high immediately, like a flipper might. The second strategy you might involve is a particular type of uh, depreciation if you're a high income earner, 150,000 a year household income or more, where you might bring in cost segregation as a depreciation strategy. And I'll bring these together when I'm done. In order to make the long-term investment and cost segregation strategies work even better, you might bring in discounted notes as a long-term strategy. Now, even that, as a standalone strategy, will do two things, both short and long-term. Short-term, it brings in cash flow now and it will continue to. Long term, you make profits because you're buying these notes at a discount, while at the same time, you have more income per month coming in after tax than you would have had you not bought those notes. And this is income you don't need to live on, so it's just like cash flow from real estate. You get to use the income from the notes, like the real estate, to advance your retirement plan. So let's take the strategy of buy and hold, cost segregation, and discount note investment to see how that can enhance and maybe push your retirement date much earlier. So you buy a couple of pieces of real estate. And let's say those real pieces of real estate cost you $80,000 for down and closing a piece. You paid maybe $300, give or take, for them. And what you do is you use cost segregation because you guys make a couple hundred thousand a year. And that means the IRS does not allow you to take any leftover depreciation from your properties after sheltering the property's cash flow against your ordinary income. So you might have, in this scenario, a $5,000 a year annual cash flow per each of these two properties. And each of these two properties in cost segregation might have a 20,000 a year depreciation dollar figure. So you would have $15,000 left over per property per year. 20,000 depreciation minus 5,000 a year cash flow. 
So that 15,000 per property should be, according to normal thinking, be able to be used against your ordinary income. But since the tax code says you make too much money, it must simply go onto the shelf and gather dust until you no longer own those properties. So let's turn lemons into lemonade. So you buy those properties knowing that you're going to use cost segregation as a second strategy to your buy and hold approach. So each year, both of those properties combine to generate a total of $30,000 a year of useless, unused depreciation. Well, that goes on for, say, five years. In five years, you've now stockpiled $150,000 of unused depreciation. And you say, why on earth would I do that on purpose? Well, let's move to the next chapter. Instead of buying four or five or six pieces of property, which you may have had the capital to make happen, you just bought these two. And then with the rest of it, you bought several discounted notes secured by real property. And these notes generated a monthly income. And that monthly income was taxed. Just so you know, interest from notes is, is taxed just like you have a second job. So you take that after-tax note income, you combine it with the fully sheltered real estate cash flow every month, and if you can afford anything out of the family budget, you add that too, and you gang up on one of the two notes until it's paid off, and you quickly gang up on the second one, because now you have way more cash flow from real estate, because one of them doesn't have a loan on it. And the whole idea is, you didn't start this unless you knew for sure in your heart of hearts that between the note income, the cash flow from the real estate, and, and the household budget money that you comfortably put forward for this plan was able to pay off both of these loans in five years. So here's what happens. We said you paid $300,000 for each of these properties, and you paid them both off in five years. And you say, well, if you sell those properties, and let's say they went up just enough to pay brokerage and fees, closing costs, etc., and let's say it cost you $25,000 each to sell those things. So you netted $600,000. You paid $300,000 each. That's what you got out. The problem is you may or may not have any capital gains in that scenario. We hardly had any depreciation. You took depreciation of 5000 a year for each, so that's 10000 per year combined times five years. That's 50000 And that takes away from your purchase price and what we know as an adjusted cost basis. So they, in essence, they say you didn't pay 600 for those. You paid 550 But then you, it cost 25000 a piece to sell them. Well, in this case, it's coincidental, but this happens sometimes. Your the cost of selling them is then added to your cost basis, and now you're back to paying six hundred thousand according to the tax code. So you didn't have any capital gains, and if you did, they were very small. However, you took twenty thousand a year instead of the ten that would have been the normal boring 
vanilla straight-line depreciation. And the tax code says that every dollar that you take over straight-line is taxed at 25% when you sell the property. Well, each of these produced over five years $75,000 of, of unused depreciation. Now, each year, that was 10,000 of that was over straight line. So that's 50,000 each times 25%. You owe $25,000 in what they call depreciation recapture tax. Now, that's at a higher rate than capital gains. So that's, it's 25%. That's $25,000. Now you owe that. At that sale, the next time you file your tax return for, the, for that year, you're going to have to pay that. Except for, let's say you made $200,000 at your job that year. You have, again, $150,000 of unused depreciation that you can now use because you don't own the properties anymore. And therefore, the IRS cannot bar you from putting it, putting it against your ordinary income. So you didn't make 200. You made 200 minus all that unused depreciation. Now that's going to save you far more than the $25,000 that you owe. So in essence, you made that. You sold that money in five years. Two of the three sources that you used to pay off those two real estate property loans came from other people. One source was your tenants. The other source was the, the payers on the notes that you buy. Only about a third, and in many cases much less than a third, came from the household budget. In five years, you spent maybe 160 or 70000 on day one for down payment and closing, and in five years, you put $600,000 in the bank after tax. What did you accomplish when you did that? Well, you took other people's money for the vast majority of the principal pay down of those notes, and you took 170 and multiplied it almost by four after tax. Now, what's going to happen in five years? What are you going to do with that money, $600,000? Nobody has a freaking idea. My crystal ball is as cracked as yours. However, look at all the options you're going to have regardless of what the economy and or real estate market is at that time. You've got $600,000 that you can do with whatever you want. What else did you accomplish? You bought a small portfolio of discounted notes. That didn't go away. Those notes will pay off randomly and you'll keep making profits and they'll grow and keep growing not only until the day you retire, they'll grow until you die and your heirs get those notes. Every time a note pays off, you're going to buy more notes with higher payments and get a raise. That's what we call synergy. First off, you paid those two real estate property loans off much more quickly than you would have without the notes. Secondly, you avoided the taxes by getting a better tax result on your personal income tax in the year of sale to offset the taxes that you owed because of the sale of those two properties. 
and that is synergy. In five years, over two-thirds of the money used to pay off those loans was out of other people's pockets, and you've got 600000 after tax and a bushel full of notes giving you income and growing because you have a built-in prop profit due to the discount you paid for those notes. Now, that is a great example of synergy. And next time we'll have a case study that will show a different way to do it.